We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined by my co-host, Drew Johnson. I call him DJ. You can find both of us on Twitter. You can find myself at Dalton underscore Trigg. You can find DJ at Drew Johnson 33. Uh DJ, what's up, man? How was your Thanksgiving break? Uh, if it was anything like me, you probably ate way too much, and you're regretting it this week. <laughs> well, I was definitely a casualty of Thanksgiving. I'll tell you that right now. I had uh, I had lunch at my in-laws, and that's just an extravaganza. It's like a all-you-can-eat buffet, and uh, it definitely doesn't agree with my diabetes. So, um, <laughs> but nevertheless, you know, I participated. I was a casualty. I was passed out by 2 p.m. And uh, I don't remember much after that. So, uh, you know, we're still recovering from that. It's kind of sad to say, but. <laughs> yeah, my as you know, you know, my wife's side of the family, they're Italian. And uh, so, you know, every time they have a big family gathering, it's just, it's just, endless. you got to get two to three plates to sample everything. And then, then you got dessert after that and everything. So, you know, I'm. I'm not a diabetic yet, but you know, after after stuff like that, it's kind of like, well, are are you on the on the doorstep of this or what was going on here? So after that so, day, yeah. it might be honestly, <laughs> it's a lot but of no, pasta. It, it is, you know, they they do pasta very well. Uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, their their uh, spaghetti sauce and stuff is a little bit sweeter than the normal, and that's because of you know, authentic recipes that have been passed down from generations. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but, you know, Amy, she made uh, pecan pie cheesecake bars. Oh, I and, did see those. I did see those. <laughs> and <laughs> cheesecake is my all-time favorite dessert ever. I know some people are kind of on the fence about it. But to me, that's just, is like you don't get any better than that. And I, I like pecan pie too. Uh, so for a Thanksgiving dessert, I was just like, this is it. This is the one right here. So uh, 
And then how many did you eat? I too many, too many. <laughs> undisclosed, undisclosed number. Ollie. <laughs> heard that, man. My my family when they got back from uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, because you know they go up there every year, and I've gotten to where I kind of go every other year now. Uh, but when they got back, little brother Kendall, he came over and uh, finished off the rest of them that we had left. So, <laughs> wow. None, none of them went to waste. But anyway, uh, so it, it was a good Thanksgiving break. Glad to know you had a good time with the family. And, you know, it's uh, we're kind of getting back in the swing of things here. Everything has been good except for Dallas Mavericks basketball. They have they have just hit a, a slump here lately, and they've lost four straight games. It's the first time in the Jason Kidd coaching era uh, that they have lost four straight games. They lost three straight games on two separate occasions last season, uh, and that was both in the first half of the season, and they got it rolling uh, from New Year's on. So I guess if you're going to have a slump like this, it's four in a row they've lost, and they've lost seven of ten. I guess if you're going to have a streak like this, it's good to get it out of the way early uh, and you know have things figured out toward the end of the season. It's just – it's just disappointing for me because they've started off slow the last couple of years. The biggest issue, and there there have been a handful of issues, but the biggest issue that's you know been a cause for them getting off to a slow start is Luca coming into the season out of shape. That wasn't the case this year. He came in in great shape. Uh, he is on an MVP level pace, leading the league in scoring, shooting fifty percent from the field while leading the league in scoring. So he's doing it efficiently, uh, despite his three-point shot not really falling at a high clip yet. Uh, and he's still averaging like nine rebounds and eight assists a game. So he's doing it all. And he is on an MVP pace, great shape, and yet the Mavs are under 500 after 19 games. They're 9 and 10 on the year. It's another slow start. And I don't know <clears> – I mean, I knew losing Jalen Brunson would hurt. And I knew that they'd need to address that that third ball handler issue before they got to the postseason. I didn't think, and I said this on the last uh, the morning coffee episode that I do, you know, most mornings where I recap the following uh, or the previous NBA night's action. You know, I didn't think that it would hurt them this bad in the regular season. I thought it would be more of like you get to the postseason, and then that's when the you know, not having the third ball handler would really hurt you. And to be fair to me and my initial point before the season started, I think that take would still be correct if you didn't have so many people underperforming on the current roster shooting well below their career averages from three. You know, it's kind of like a perfect storm here of the Mavs not having addressed that issue with the third ball handler, plus you have guys like Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleba, uh, Luca. He just now got up to the thirty percent mark on his three pointers, but you know before the last game he was under thirty percent. All those guys are well under thirty percent uh, shooting threes, and it's just is brutal because they're all playing twenty plus minutes a game, and they're really key pieces uh, for what the Mavs have going for them. If they're not clicking and, you know, other teams know that, it's like, okay, well, these guys can't dribble and they can't hit shots either. 
I mean, we're just going to triple team Luca every game mm-hmm. and force them to shoot, and they're not making them, and the Mavs are losing. So, I don't know, man. It's uh, like I said, it's it's better that we're getting it out of the way early here. Uh, they have shown a little bit of what's the word progressiveness because they uh, they waived Faku Campazo, who you know that was just a placeholder uh, signing anyway, and now they're bringing in Kimba Walker who I know you're optimistic about. I am too if he if you know if he's fully healthy like he claims he is, but you know, at this point beggars can't be choosers and I think any guy that can dribble and hit a shot uh, is a positive for this roster. So, what's your initial thoughts on just like this this slump the Mavs are going through and then the recent move they just made to bring in uh Kimba well, it's like you said, a, a lot of the, uh, the the slump, a lot of that has to do with people just underperforming. And, uh, you know, you can do one of two things in, in, in that regard. You can either change the way that you do things. You can change things up in practice. You can change up lineups or behind uh, door number uh, door number two, we can go uh, get some help. I don't know if they're changing things up because I'm not in the Mavs locker room, but I will tell you this, bringing in Kimba Walker is a huge positive uh, because he can do a lot more than dribble and shoot. Um, in fact, the guy, whenever he's at his best, is one of the best at being able to create for himself and others. Um, I think he'll be a great primary ball handler off the bench. Do I think he's Jalen Brunson? No, they're completely different players. Uh, but I think that he will help. I think that he has the potential to bring a spark. Uh, my two concerns with him are this. Number one, is he healthy? We we have no way of knowing. Number two, is he going to buy into that role? If that's the role that J-Kid uh, places upon him. Um, but I see him as being a great contributor off the bench in that second group. I see him being able to take pressure off of Luca, off of Dinwiddie. Um, and hopefully just bringing a spark to liven things up. Because right now we just look dead. Um, And it's like you said, you know, people understand that we're not hitting shots. And so they're just going to pack it in in the lane and triple team Luca. And, you know, Luca's great at creating for people. But what good is creation if uh, the person that you're creating for doesn't execute? Um, And so, you know, these are all concerns that need to be addressed. And, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, maybe doing a roster overhaul. Maybe it's the time for that. Maybe not. Maybe we give it a little bit more time to see if it gels. But. You know, nothing changes if nothing changes. So, and another thing that's interesting to me, and Mark, uh, my guy Mark Stein, NBA reporter, uh, he has a really great newsletter he does uh, at least weekly. Sometimes it's more than that. But, you know, I think he was the one who initially said when the Mavs lost Jalen Brunson that, yes, obviously they're going to miss his on court production. But he said that, you know, they might even miss his presence in the locker room even more Mm -hmm. Uh, because you know Luca he's he's young and he's growing and he you know he has become a better leader over the years but Jalen Brunson was one of those glue guys like everybody liked him and you know kept the mood light and you know he's just a real real good guy to have in your locker room and at first I thought well I don't know about all that because you know they've they've got Theo Pinson he seems to be like a good locker room glue guy even though he doesn't play but you know as this season has progressed I kind of see what Stein was saying there like that I think they really have missed Brunson in the locker room and that's an underrated part of this Kimba Walker signing because 
you know, by all accounts at every stop he's been at, you know, whether he's been successful or not, uh, you know, everybody, there's not one teammate that's going to say anything bad about Kimball Walker. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a great teammate. Uh, he's a great leader. He's been there before, you know, he, he knows how to approach things the right way. And I think, you know, that'll be in addition to what he could bring on the court. I think that's an underrated part of this signing. And some of the initial pushback I've seen from people uh, about this signing, it's like, oh, well, you know, he's a small guard, uh, doesn't play a lot of defense, and he only shoots, you know, 41.8% from the field for his career. Okay, that's an upgrade from what we're currently dealing with with the majority of this roster right now. (laughs) Well, you also have to take into account his usage rate at past stops. I mean, for instance, whenever he was playing for the Knicks, you know, he had to take a lot of shots. He had a lot of stuff drawn up for him, and he had to do a lot by himself. Here, that's not going to be the case. Here, you know, his minutes are going to be a lot more limited. His usage is going to be a lot more limited. He's going to be able to pick his spots. And also, I think he'll be able to fill more of a facilitator role, especially if our supporting cast gets on a roll. Um, Now, that's a big if. But, you know, I think it's a completely different situation. I think that he feels in an immediate need that we have to have. We have to have a dominant ball handler off the bench. And we've been saying that, you know, since you brought me on, that's been a real huge cause for concern. So I think he addresses that need. And, you know, it may work, it may not, but we have to try something. Right, I agree. And I'm just looking at the at his box scores with the Knicks last year. He had some really solid games with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, out of his top seven games as far as, like, minutes played, uh, so like 32 minutes and up, uh, the Knicks were five and two in those seven games. So when he was playing more, I mean, it seemed like, you know, for the most part, the Knicks were doing fine until he, you know, ended up having, uh, what's the word? Until he ended up, you know, having the knee issues or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I'm looking at some of these games. Uh, two days before Christmas last year against the Washington Wizards, he put up 44 points. <laughs> <laughs> on 14 to 27 shooting and 50% uh, from three. He had, let's see, including that one, he had one, two, three, four, five. He had five games where he scored at least 21 points. Uh, and there were a lot of games where he dished out uh, multiple assists, too. He, let's see, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He had 11 games out of his 27 with the Knicks where he dished out at least five assists. So, you know, I mean, that that's that's what this team needs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it creating offense for yourself is something that will benefit this team, whether he continues to shoot at, you know, a 36 37% rate from deep like he has for an entire career because, you know, other guys on the team right now, they just don't really have that ability. If the three-point shot isn't falling, you know, they can pump fake and try to drive to the basket. And I've seen Dorian Finney-Smith. He's successful with it sometimes. But, you know, everybody else, when they try to do it, aside from Luca and Spencer Dinwiddie, it's just like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you've got a bunch of spot-up guys uh, who that they got for Luca to hit off of drives. And, uh, you know, Kemba's a different player. It, when Kemba is at his best, he can carry you offensively for stretches. 
Um, and we've seen that throughout his whole career. I mean, I remember him back in college. He was <laughs> he was unstoppable, especially during UConn's title run. Um, that might have been the best stretch of games I've ever seen one singular player have. Uh, and I know Hard that was yet. a long time ago. Yeah, I know. Um, and I know that was a long time ago, but you got to think that some of that's still there. And we don't need him to be that Kemba. We need him to be someone that comes off the bench, takes the load off of Luca and off of Dinwiddie in terms of being a playmaker, and maybe give us some instant offense. Um, and that's all we need him to be. We don't need him to be our savior. We have our savior. We have Luca. We just need help. Yeah. That's really it. I mean, and I, nobody is expecting him to be that. Uh, you know, in my opinion, but that's part of the pushback. It's like, oh, well, he Kimba doesn't fix every issue. Well, obviously he doesn't, but he fixes a big need if he mm-hmm. is healthy. And, I mean, he's 32 years old. Uh, he shut down. He decided – him and the Knicks mutually agreed to shut him down in February last year because it they knew he wasn't going to come back to the Knicks, and he knew that too. And mm-hmm. so they decided to shut down his season in February so he could get ready for the next season – and his next opportunity. So what, that's, that's eight months now, eight months mm-hmm. he's had to just, you know, work on his game, work on his, um, uh, uh, what's the word is I don't want to say rehab because I think he's gotten past the knee issues, but you know, maybe his conditioning and just overall physical state, he's had a long time to do that. And I think he's hungry, too. I mean, this is this is not, you know, people weren't just knocking down his door to sign him right now. So it's kind of like a perfect situation for him and the Mavs. The Mavs need what he can potentially provide, and he is eager to show, like, hey, I'm not done just yet. I've, I've got something left in the tank. Uh, so, you know, if he comes in and provides what we think he can provide off the bench on a, you know, one-year veteran minimum non-guaranteed contract he could end up getting him a nice little end of his career contract after this year in free agency Mm -hmm. so uh it can be a win-win for both sides i'm very interested to see how it'll go i don't expect him to play instantly uh like he definitely won't be suiting up tonight uh, against the warriors but uh you know it's probably going to take him maybe a week to kind of get integrated into the Mm -hmm. system but in the meantime uh, you know, it's you kind of want to see the Mavs be a little bit more creative with their lineups. And I just wrote a piece about this on DallasBasketball.com, but in that recent loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, Jason Kidd, he was kind of he's kind of flirting with the idea of finally starting Christian Wood because to start that second half, he did. He he started Christian Wood instead of Dwight Powell. And, you know, as it turns out, that was the only quarter of the game the Mavs won against the Bucks, thirty-four to thirty-one, and they they were down eleven at half. They were down eleven at halftime, and then with that lineup in there, about halfway through the third quarter, they got it down to three points. So, if you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And, you know, the the chemistry between Luca and Christian Wood is just incredible. And I know he's not the greatest defender. He has the physical tools to play good defense, but there's just a lot of lapses there. But you have to play your best players together. Like, I don't care if Christian Wood is averaging 25 to 30 minutes a game. If the majority of those minutes don't intersect with Luca's minutes, I feel like it's kind of a waste. Like, mm-hmm. you need to be utilizing that tandem, that – the pick and rolls and pick and pops and put the pressure on the defense where it's like, you know, okay, you're, if you're going to double team Luca, well, we're going to make you pay. Christian Wood's going to get mm-hmm. a free dunk or a wide open three. And he'll actually mm-hmm. hit it. Unlike some of these other guys. <laughs> so, uh, but, but when they asked kid about that lineup after the game, he was just kind of like, Oh yeah, well, yeah, we scored 34 points, but we gave up 31 and he kind of like played it off like it wasn't a given that he needed to start Christian Wood. And I'm thinking like, dude, it's the only quarter your team won. <laughs> I, I don't know. The bottom man. line is, bottom line is, in order to win games in the NBA, you have to be able to score. Um, and uh, you know, if there is a deficit out there, and you know you can resolve this deficit by plugging in certain people, a.k.a. Wood, a.k.a. your second best player, we might ought to try it. You know, I'm not Jason Kidd and I'm not an NBA coach, but uh, I'm smart enough to understand that uh, if you want to win games, you got to put all your best players on the floor at the same time. And we can look at analytics all we want. We can see, you know, oh, this lineup does this. But the bottom line is this. If you don't have your best players on the floor, you're not giving yourself the best chance to win. At least that's my opinion. I just don't know, like, what did Christian Wood do to Jason Kidd to have this level of pettiness? I mean, maybe it's not pettiness. In my opinion, you know, from me watching 
everything go on from my couch. <laughs> it seems to me like there's just some pettiness involved because, you know, a few weeks ago when the Mavs played the Houston Rockets, Luca sat. They sat him for that game. He got mm-hmm. to rest. And it's the second night of the back of a back-to-back. They're playing Christian Wood's former team. With Luca sitting, that is the prime opportunity to give Christian Wood his first start of the season. And they didn't do it. They still kept him coming off the bench and they ended up losing 101 to 92. It was the first time out of all the games this season that a starting lineup had five guys that didn't score in double digit points. It was the worst. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know that we could really necessarily attribute it to pettiness because here's the reality of the situation. If uh, Jason Kidd doesn't win, Jason Kidd gets fired. And Jason Kidd's right. going to do the things that uh, he's he thinks is going to help him win. Um, I really think that Jason Kidd is just called up in number one, the defensive aspect of this, which I mean, I get, I understand. And number two, the analytics side of this, I think that, you know, he's still sticking to his guns of what lineups work best and who works best coming off the bench. But, you know, this experiment effectively as of right now has failed so far. And, you know, I'm all about giving people time to develop, but guys, where, how many months in now? I mean, we got to try something different. We got to try something different. So my thing, my thing is, it's like <clears throat> early in the season, the pushback on Wood starting was, well, what are you going to do when you go to the bench? Because mm. you, they need that scoring punch off the bench. My thing is, why does that matter if you're starting off so many games in such a huge hole and you're having to fight mm-hmm. your way back into the game? Like, mm-hmm. why put that pressure on your bench? You know, get off to better starts and then just let your bench ma- try to maintain that instead of, you know, start – because, like, the they played the Boston Celtics. They started off horribly. And they ended up fighting back and kind of making it a game late, but it was too late. And it was the same mm-hmm. exact script in that Milwaukee Bucks loss, too. So, I mean, I, I just feel like they've got to start their best players and then figure everything out, everything else out from there. They have no, they have nothing to lose at this point except more games. You know, they've lost four in a row. Yeah, seven. well, <laughs> and, well, I mean, by, by that logic, they really have nothing to lose because you're already losing. Um, but, you know, going back to the Kemba thing, that does give you that punch off the bench. Um, but, again, you know, we're looking at that substitution method. Uh, my question for kid would be this, you know, you're going to bring wood off the bench. Okay. But who are you going to have that's going to create for wood because wood cannot create for himself. Um, and I really think that's where you run into the issue of having Luca and wood in there at the same time. Wood can create better than most post players. I'll say that. But as far as creating on an elite NBA level, what it takes to score consistently in this league from all three levels, wood cannot do that. He is not capable of doing that. And he's certainly not capable of creating for others right now. He's a post player. That's what he is. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. It's just, you know, to if you're going to have good post players, you got to have guards that can create for him. And in that second group, we just don't right now. Well, see, that's another thing, too. Like, his his limited role and his limited minutes this year, It's and, I mean, we got to remember, Wood is in a contract year this year. You know, if he mm-hmm. doesn't perform well – He's not going to get as as big of a contract as what he hopes he gets in the offseason. So with now his there is uh 
there's your uh, conspiracy theory. What if what if kids holding him down to make him cheaper in the long run? And that's what our guy Grant Apseth <laughs> has has written about at DallasBasketball.com. That like you know maybe they're maybe they're trying to keep his minutes and everything down until he's extension eligible on December fifteenth. You know maybe he takes that four year seventy seven million extension instead of holding out for the summer to get something a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean if they did I mean. If that works out and that's what they did, more power to them. But I think that's kind of a crappy way to do business, uh, and it could backfire in a hurry. Because I, I don't think that's what's happening, Dalton. I really no, don't. I don't think so either. But you know, <laughs> it's fun to speculate and laugh about stuff like that. But I really don't think that's that's what's going on. I really think the kid is caught up in a his defensive ability and b the analytics that he sees every day in practice because the reality of the situation is this nobody knows these players better than kid does not right now i mean he's with them every single day and he's doing what he thinks he needs to do to win but you know the definition of insanity is doing something the same way over and over and over again and expecting different results and uh you know we're kind of bordering on that right now so we need to we need to change things up and i think you know, signing Kimba is a huge step forward. I think that starting Wood would be a huge step forward. And let's just see what happens. Suppressing Wood's role puts so much more pressure on him, you know, to do more while he's out there too. Like Mm -hmm. if, if you open it up and you start him and he's playing regular starter minutes, like 35 minutes a game, then he's not going to be pressing as much. You know, you'll see more of, uh, you know, he's not necessarily known as a distributing big, but in the first couple of games of the season when he was playing big minutes uh, and he looked awesome against the Suns and the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, he was making some passes that was just like, holy crap, where's that come? Where, mm-hmm. <laughs> where, where's that been at? So, I mean, I feel like when when you've got his minutes down in the low 20s and, you know, in the back of his mind, he's thinking like, yeah, I know I need to accept this role and, and do the best I can with it, but I think he's going to press harder mm-hmm. to get his instead of just playing more of a team game because he knows he, he doesn't have a lot of an opportunity, you know, to, to play a full team game. Well, so, one of that. my concerns with that would also be his fear of making mistakes Um, Whenever you play timidly, whenever you play tight, you're not getting the best version of yourself out there. Um, You know, I'm not saying that kid yanks him out after each mistake, but whenever you have limited time, you have limited time to make mistakes. And uh, if you aren't making mistakes, you're not playing hard enough. Uh, That's what we always say. So, um, you know, that would be my concern with that. And I think I I really think that the uh, the solution to all of this is just start the guy. Give him more minutes. Play him starter minutes. He's a starter caliber player in this league. And look, the defensive thing, like I get it. He's not he's not a great defender, but I mean he he's shown the ability to be able to block shots. You know, he can he can close out in space when he wants to. Uh, but you know, to be to have a good defensive unit with a guy like that, there has to be reps with that same unit to get like Jalen Brunson, for instance, he's not the best defender in the world, but the Mavs had one of the top defenses in the league last year with him in the starting lineup because Mm -hmm. they had continuity together. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as the season progressed, you know, that it didn't matter that Jalen Brunson wasn't a a great defender. I mean, that's, that's kind of the approach they need to, to take with wood the rest of the season. 
Well, another thing to consider whenever we're talking about defense is uh, in this league, you know, defense is not, you know, defense will win you championships. Don't get me wrong. But the thing is, we're not really stopping anybody out here. Okay. Everyone's averaging over 100 points a game. We've got to be able to score. If we're not getting hitting at least the century mark every game, we're having problems. Um, and sometimes the century mark is in. Sometimes it's 110. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you hit 110, so, I mean, 120. <laughs> you're not locking people up in this league and holding them to, you know, 80 points a game. That's just not happening. These players are too talented. They're too talented. So we've got to be able to match playing, that. Unless you're playing the Mavericks without Luca playing, then you can hold them to 90 every well, game, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what I mean, like just standard NBA teams. Like, I mean, I'm seeing the Charlotte Hornets out here hitting the century mark every game and, you know, they're not great. So that just goes to show you the level of talent that we have in this league now. I mean, the reality is this players are more skilled than they've ever been. They're able to shoot better more than they've ever been. Um, And, you know, we have to be able to match that firepower. And if we're not, you know, I get wanting to be defensively sound, but if we're not able to match them, you know, shot for shot, then we're going to have a really hard time winning games, especially down the stretch. Well, and I mean, I've been kind of down from where I'm, I'm normally like the irrational optimist guy, you know, just no matter what's happening, I, I, I see greener pastures in the distance, but you know, that hasn't been the case lately, but I've been looking through stuff and the more I think about it, it's like, you know, yeah, they're nine and ten. Yeah, they're they've been losing a bunch of games, but you know, I, I was looking in the standings last night. If you go to the point differential, they're fourth in the West. You know, there's been mm-hmm. a lot of really close games, uh, and you know, if if Kimba can just give you anything, and if some of these guys that are just shooting the ball horribly can just have a slight up uptick, I'm talking like two three percentage points. Uh, that makes a huge difference and probably gets the Mavs over the hump in a lot of these close games that they, you know, they're losing that they shouldn't be losing. So mm-hmm. it's, I don't want to say the sky's falling. You know, it's early in the season. They still have a chance, you know, to get things rolling. And hopefully that happens against the Golden State Warriors tonight. It's going to be tough because the Warriors, they're, they're on a roll lately. They've, they've gotten back to, you know, after starting the season horribly, they're back over 500. Steph Curry's like 50, 40, 90 efficiency while averaging over 30 points a game. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. But Luca, he always likes to duel with Steph, and I think that's going to oh, yeah. be a really, really fun game at American Airlines Center on Tuesday night. Uh, and hopefully, we're not going to get into this. We're about to take off, but you know, hopefully, the next time we reconvene here. Uh, and, and talk about the Mavs, we'll get to talk about how Jaden Hardy has handled some real minutes because, you know, he, he's he been on the injury re- – well, it's technically the injury report, but it's just because he's been on G League assignment lately. The Mavs have called him back up. He's not on the injury report, you know, being on G League assignment. So he's technically back with the team. And Kimball Walker, he's probably not going to play for like a week or so. So maybe – Maybe Jaden Hardy can get an opportunity uh, to show what he's got with he's Tim Hardaway. Really Jr. good. He's looking he's really amazing. good. Yeah. He's leading leading the entire G League, scoring nearly thirty points a game for the Texas Legends, 
and he's shooting 50 foot. He's almost shooting 50, 50, 90 efficiency <laughs> in G League. I mean, that guy might be the answer. Honestly, that that guy might be the answer, especially if the Kimba thing doesn't work out. I think that the Kimba thing, uh, you know, that'll be a good insurance policy. But I'm really curious to see how hard he works out. I really am. Because, I mean, he he could pick up. I mean, he could fill that role. You know, he could be exactly what we need him to be. I don't expect him to come in and average what he's averaging in the G League. I get it. It's it's two completely different situations. All I'm saying is, if he is shooting that efficiently on nine over nine attempts from deep per game for the legends, you can't tell me he couldn't do any better than what we're seeing from guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Reggie Bullock on for the for the Mavs right now. With There's some of these wide we gotta find yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand there will be rookie mistakes. I understand there will be nights where he misses shots. But we got to find out because I feel like you give that guy open shots, he's going to hit more down than, you know, what we think. So, absolutely. It, it's exciting to see his development because he's showing off that potential and that, you know, that hype that we saw from him coming out of high school as the, mm-hmm. the number two overall prospect. And, uh, you know, he played in the G League last year and his numbers were very inefficient. So, he has obviously gone back to the lab and improved some things. And he looks like the real deal right now. So I am super excited for Jaden Hardy. I've got a free Jay Hardy, hashtag free Jay Hardy t-shirts coming out. Uh, I'll send you one when they come out, DJ. <laughs> you know my size. So. It's going to have a cartoon silhouette of uh, Jaden Hardy and the hashtag going across it. It's going to be great. We're going to start the agenda. <laughs> Well, I'm going to be sending you some some stuff here in the coming days. I just haven't really had time to get by a post office. But uh, well, here's just a small example. There's your baby. Oh, that's a that's a sweet logo. Yeah. That's so. awesome. So, okay, so the, uh, the MUW Owls, uh, did I say that right? That's it. For now, yeah. at least. We're changing the name. But uh, for now. I knew, I knew there was something going on there, but – uh, so the, the team DJ coaches here, we uh, kind of got together and made this sweet logo with the uh, the area code, the 662. And then it's got like the owl logo in the background uh, of that number. It's, it's a sweet logo. And I can't wait for this for this merch to come in. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I put it on as much stuff as I possibly could. It's on some backpacks. We got it on some shorts. I mean, it's. We've we've used it a lot, so the kids love it. So uh, this is this is another great thing about this, you know, connection we've got going here. Because every time Pod Merch comes out, I can send you samples of stuff, and then you send me samples of y'all's basketball exactly. stuff. And it's it's just great. It works out awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> works out really well. Well, guys, look, we appreciate y'all coming in and listening. As always, uh, I'll be back with the morning coffee episode recapping you know, what happened with the Mavs and the rest of the league uh, very briefly uh, tomorrow morning, uh, assuming I don't get blown away. Apparently, we're supposed to have some really bad weather uh, on Tuesday night. There's a lot of tornado threats, so keep fingers crossed. (laughs) uh, I was supposed to go recruiting tonight, and that got canceled, so uh, probably about to go pack it in, honestly. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but good thing is I got my guy Grant Afseth doing the recap tonight just in case, uh, you know, 
TV issues happen. So, yeah. But guys, look, we appreciate it. Again, be sure to go follow us on Twitter at Dalton underscore Trig at Drew Johnson thirty three. Uh, you can uh, find the podcast anywhere you want to listen to the podcast. Mavs step back on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Be sure to leave us a review uh, for a chance to enter giveaways for T-shirts and uh, tickets and stuff of that nature. Guys, we appreciate it. Y'all have a great one. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.